0: All right, let me put this over here so I can look at you guys. All right.
1: Okay. You're, you're half your age <laughs> the way you're able to perform.
0: You know, I'm 86 now, Stay young, man. Stay young. And,
1: and the more I learned, the secret. What's you the secret? To keep active. You ah. have to learn something new every day. You have to walk every day. You have to eat God's foods. What are God's foods? Is what God grows. What does He grow? What's the God foods that everyone should eat? Salads and vegetables. Okay. The highest, you know, the highest that we eat so much meat and chicken and fish. All are right. Limited. Was not that not <laughs> Not too much.
0: All right. Anyways, tonight is the 24th of Kislev. Okay. And it is the anniversary of the day when we found the one pure Crucif oil.
1: Okay.
0: So tonight's not just the night when that happened in the past, You're but the 24th today. of Kislev. Okay. Yes, people are watching with us. Okay. So the, the, tonight's a the night when Hashem empowers us to look for the Crucif oil in ourselves. Hashem allows us to get in touch with a part of ourselves that's innocent, that's pure, that we, we may have thought we have lost a long time ago, so tonight's a night when Hashem gives us the ability to look, give ourselves a different look. This is very similar to the story of Yosef. Uh, Rabbi Reichik, unfortunately, uh, has passed away this week. Oh, yeah. okay. And, and um, last time I was in his synagogue, uh, I was there today, but last time I was in his synagogue in this parasha, Parashas of Yeshev, he was talking about Yosef's challenge. It says in the Torah that Yosef was about to make was, he had a huge challenge and test and he was considering doing the wrong thing. But at the last moment he saw an image of his father in the window. So the words the Torah uses for the image of his father
1: He saw himself. Oh, looking like
0: himself. Exa- well, well that's one interpretation. The words the Torah uses are he saw his image of his father. What does that mean? He saw his image of his father. Either he saw his father or he saw himself. Rabbi Reitschik translated like this. I'm not, I'm not sure what his source was, but he said, I don't think it was his original idea, but he said, he saw the way his father looked at him. It wasn't just he saw himself or his father. He saw the way his father perceived him, the way his father believed in him, the way his father saw the good in him. And that didn't made him not want to disappoint his father, made him believe that he, he's able, he has more in himself than he thought he had. The Rizh Rebbe once said about himself that he's a secret tzaddik. And one of his Hasidim said, I hate to burst your bubble, but the secret is out. We actually know all about you being a tzaddik. So Rizh Rebbe responded, it would be terrible if all I was was what you see. In order for me to imagine what a tzaddik is, I have to look at myself and I try to picture, based upon what I think kindness is, someone has much more kindness. Someone, when I picture what love is, someone has much more love. When I picture what sacrifice is, someone has much more. But to picture someone who's in a whole different caliber, caliber, a whole different realm, I'm not capable of doing that. that that's beyond me. So, so there are... Um, unique people in the world you meet them and you think you know them but they have a whole different way of looking at things and a whole different way of looking at, at, at uh, people they see in people different things that the people, people can see in themselves i um, give you an example of, of just someone who has a whole different perspective than, than we may have the uh, Ribbon Tzirebna he was a contemporary or a famous Khabar Hasid who did hard time in Siberia in um, in Russia, uh, and the Rivne once wanted to go to a mikveh in Russia. In Russia, it's cold. cold, and a mikveh didn't mean like you know a, a a hot bath. It meant digging in the ice and and going in the in the in the water beneath the ice and immersing yourself. So Rivne Sirebbe went with Mendel Futafaz, and he asked him to come along to assist him. You know, it's not an easy thing to go. Uh, Ice swimming, so uh, so Rambamdal assisted him, and he says, "Please, please, uh, watch me." So Rambamdal Futafas and he, um, I don't know if Rambamdal went to the, to the mikveh at that time also or not. Probably yes. They finished the mikveh, and on the way back, and the Rinpoche Rebbe asks them, "Did you watch me?" He says, "Well, you're okay, anyways. I mean, Whether I watched you, I didn't watch you." He says, no, I wanted to know if I went in all the way, if not a hair of mine was above the water. So Mendel's like, I, I don't know. I hope so. Okay, let's go again. Can you imagine that? You, go you're, again. Let's go again. <laughs> okay, so he went there. again in the water. similar thing happened. I heard tonight. Now, someone else said a similar story. <laughs> this story I heard from the head of the of the Hasidic Kolel uh, in here in Los Angeles. He's, he heard this story from Mendel Futafas himself. I heard this just tonight from him. Um, but uh, another similar story that's told by the Rebbe was that he went to the mikveh in the ice freezing cold water, and then he saw a non kosher animal. He's like, okay, he's going again. But so they have a whole, a whole different perspective. And that that you know, when you say, "Watch me going into ice cold water," what do you think? Watch me, then I'll be okay. But his, "I'll be okay" is a whole different, whole different thing. So I'm saying this in context of Rabbi Reichik who was talking about the, um, about the Yaakovs vision, envisioning us and seeing the good in us. And he said this, this idea is something that really took his heart. It really touched him. So much so that he said he was driving. You know, This time of the year in Los Angeles, a little more rain, little more wintry. And he was driving. He was thinking about this. And he put on the windshield wipers. And you know, when you're thinking about something, you can hear the windshield wipers talk, you know what I'm talking about? And he was thinking, the Hebrew words of the image of his father are demusti says, <laughs> That's what he's hearing. His father's looking at him, and he was very close with his father. He always spoke about his father. Um, his father was the great, great uh, chassid. Anyways, so um, on that note, something that happened just, just last night, last night i was talking to a yeshiva student who was no longer a a student it wasn't religious it's not religious right now unfortunately and i asked him are you good with film so he told me he puts on tefillin uh twice a week okay he had a, he had a friend there I Said, how about you, you good good with film he said i haven't put on film in two years he says i've put on film when someone asks me to put on film just you know make people feel good but I, I haven't picked a pair to myself in two years. So I said to him two words. The two words I said to him were, Rabbi Reitschik. His two words back to me were, I'm down. I'm down. What were those special, those two words? I promise you, he didn't learn anything from Rabbi Reitschik in the Torah. It wasn't a speech Rabbi Reitschik gave him. It was just that Rabbi had these eyes that he looked at you and he liked you and he believed in you and he saw good in you and that made this boy years later imagine he has two years worth of garbage or of dirt of, on his neshama of uh, non-kosher food and drugs and rock and roll and who knows what that's covering up his neshama and as soon as I said those two words Rabbi Reitschik all of a sudden it's, it's there it's open it's clear I want to do this I want to do this that's the uh, so some. His godliness, right.
1: That, that he could see in him brought him to his month. Amazing.
0: Yeah, and just those two words was enough. He, he, he knew that Reich had passed away, and I said, Rabbi and that, and that was enough. So, um, on that note, I want to share with you a story of Rabbi Asher Sasankin. Rabbi Asher Sasankin was the one who lit the menorah by the Rebbe. I am just saying conjecture, because I'm totally wrong. But I think it's because of his sacrifice he had for lighting the menorah in Russia that he merited that he was. I know I know how he was chosen. I, I'm not familiar with the story, how would that happened, how he was chosen to light the menorah. If it was the gabbay's decision, if it was the rebbe's decision, it just happened to be that way. Was he wanted? It? I don't know idea. But I just think the fact that he had the merited to always light the menorah in front of the rebbe was because of his sacrifice for this mitzvah and this and this story. Um, also highlights this idea of the pure jar of oil that is within every Jew, and that and that we don't um, we don't necessarily know about it and think about it, but it's there. Before we go tell you the story, I just want to sh- highlight the, um, one point about about this yeah, the, the pentalia, p- and, and it helps when someone can see it in you. The previous Rabbi said the idea of a rabbi in the Chabad custom is. Having sacrificed for others, and he said that when you speak to others, it has to be in a way that they get telling you that you are devoted to them, and that your devotion and your love and your care for them should cleanse their heart and mind. That when someone loves you, you know it it, it, it makes you receptive. So you, you should talk to people in a way that they feel the love in you, and if they want to hear from you. How Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. we should all be Chabad.
1: My brother. That that way. What? My brother, who is now in a coma. He joined Chabad, by the way, and all his children were raised Chabad.
0: What's your brother's name?
1: Shmuel. No, it's
0: Shmuel Yarmak. Yarmak. What's his What's his mother's name?
1: Shmuel. His mother. You
0: know, he won a championship of the United States junior championship in
1: 1953.
0: Championship of what? A chess. chess, wow. Okay. So I just want to share one story about Rabbi Asher Sassonkin. Asher he and another man named Nachman were imprisoned in Siberia. They were imprisoned for very different reasons. Rabbi Asher, he was teaching Torah to little children on the ground in Russia. Nachman, on the other hand, he was Jewish, but he had joined the Communist Party He'd become an officer in the army. And he was arrested for some kind of black market things. He was selling selling things which were illegal to sell and he was in prison. So they weren't, you know, uh, natural friends, but prison made them friends. And Reb Asher told Nachman it was the day before Hanukkah, and he said to him, "I have a uh, what, sorry it wasn't it was, it, was, it was a little a few weeks before Hanukkah. He said, "I have a tin can we will use that for a menorah. I'm, gonna, I'm going to use the margarine that they give us for oil. I'm going to take some, some uh, strands out of what I'm wearing for the wicks." But Nachman says, that's not a menorah. He, imagine they're not religious guy. He's like, a menorah should be nice. It's not a menorah. Said, Let me help you get a menorah. And he, this was the day before Hanukkah, he gave him this beautiful menorah that was made in one of the, in Siberia, that different, you know, there's was a labor camp. And, and when those who were working in metal, he got one of his, he had some money, he had some rubles, and he bribed someone to procure, to make a menorah. So they have a menorah, they light the menorah, night first night of Chanukah, and they uh, Baruch Hashem no uneventful. Second night of Chanukah uneventful. Baruch Hashem third night of Chanukah uneventful. Fourth night uneventful. The fifth night of Chanukah menorah is lit, and they're singing Hanerot Halalu, the part we say after lighting the menorah. As they sing Hanerot Halalu, there's an announcement that the is uh, going to be a search. So so Nachman tell, uh, tells Nachman, throw it, throw it out of the window. Before he could do anything, The a KGB officer enters their barrack, and he proceeds to go look, look through the barrack. Looks at the barrack, and he looks at Basha He looks at there looks at Bashar Sasankin, and he says, one, he says one word. He says, Piat, Piat is Russian for five. It's the fifth night? So the Russian says, "Yeah, the fifth night." He turns and he walks away. So imagine this guy; he was also he's also a Jew. A Jew. He must have been a, a Jew. Piat, piat, and uh, so so the bottom line is is that we, we tonight's a special night. Tomorrow, where Hashem gives us the power to look for and find the purity inside ourselves, enough to to so to find enough oil to last for eight days, and to bring out the full the full power of the neshama. That's what tonight's about. Hashem should help us that we should find a pure jar of oil in ourselves and the main thing is we should be able to relight in the era the base of the migdash from Moshiach Zakeinu. G'dayante, G'dayante, Any questions, comments, or criticism? All right. A good vach. You know, when you learn that pattern, where does pattern come from? That
1: they use dates.